You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So first and the foremost, um, I don't know if you noticed or not, and I, I got to be honest, I'm completely stunned nobody told me. I'm guessing it's because I just sort of spent an entire, I don't know, five minutes or whatever laying out why sometimes I can't get things done on time and cut me some slack. And then the very next day, I forget to upload the podcast and nobody tells me. <laughs> So maybe that's my bad, but, um, okay, so two days ago, it would have been, I did a podcast, and I did all the work as far as, you know, there's all this junk I gotta do, upload it, put in a title, put in another title, put in a description, put in another description, put in the date, upload the thing, do this, insert where you want ads to go, blah, 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 and then you have to actually, you know, say... I would like it to go public. Well, I forgot the last step. So I was just sitting there. And the, the the views were actually pretty high. I mean, not not like record-breaking, but definitely what I would, would have expected for a day. So I didn't. it never occurred to me, like, oh, nobody's listening. What's going on? Well, yesterday I go to upload the new podcast, and it's like, hey, man, you still got a draft. You want to do something with this or what? I'm like, no, I don't. Well, sure enough, I never uploaded it. So yesterday, I did a double-decker. I released the first one, and then about an hour later, because, well, actually, it was probably a little bit more than that, because whatever, I uploaded the second one. So uh, I put out an announcement on Twitter, because, you know, at least some people see that, and I figured it would be a little more obvious, but when I went to go look at the podcast, it just showed, like, the one episode. In other words, it wasn't like, hey, here's a Packernet podcast, and then as I scroll through more podcasts, hey, here's another one. No, it was just the one and then there were two new episodes, which I, if it's just me, I'm just saying I wouldn't have noticed. So for those of you that didn't notice, there's probably an episode you haven't listened to yet. There's two combine-y uh, news and notes interviews. Um, yesterday was a little more team-centric, and the one before that was a little more prospect-centric. So be sure to check that one out. That'd be cool. Otherwise, once again, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review... I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. One of the biggest um, things that I'm trying to do this off season is to try to grow the podcast. A lot of great things have happened. I've learned a lot of stuff. I've developed a lot of trip trips and tips. Nope. Tricks, things, all kinds of stuff. Trips, you name it. But as I said uh, a while ago, the listenership is relatively stagnant. And I, I kind of view my podcast at this particular point in time as sort of like having a cult following. It's not a big following, but they're a very loyal and awesome following. You know, I'm like the Jimmy Buffett of Packers podcasts. Nobody's going to put me on the top 100 lists of artists, but ask a person who's been to a Jimmy Buffett con uh, concert, and a lot of them will say that Jimmy Buffett is their favorite artist. And my hope is, by uh, getting the word out a little bit, and people listening to the podcast a little bit more, we can get a few more daddyites involved here. 
because I do tend to think if we can just get people to listen, they'll they'll at least add me to the list of their their podcasts for the day. So, anyways, any help that you can provide in uh, in my goal of getting the word out that would be appreciated. And again, the the best way to do that is to uh, leave that rating and review and let iTunes do the work or Stitcher. If you didn't hear me say it last time, as far as things you could do right now on a desktop, just Google Stitcher Packernet Podcast. Scroll to the bottom, leave a review, done deal. Speaking of, thanks a lot to Super Chuck. Actually, I might as well throw them all out there because I've never said thank you for a rating and review before. But Super Chuck Packerbacker Scanner 329, greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. And then the three on iTunes that I can see, JJ Nerd, I think that's a new one. I'm not sure. I don't really look at them much, but this is going to be my new thing. So, JJ Nerd, thanks a lot. Six String Johnny, sounds very tactical. Thank you, sir. And then Connor M715. I don't know why 715 is the way that I said that number. Do what I won't. All right. Finally, as always, 608-501-0718, 608-501-0718 if you want to text or call in. A lot of you guys have opinions. If you want it on the show, just let me know, man. We'll talk about it. I kind of feel like maybe it's just me, but I feel like even though I'm the only one talking, that it's kind of conversational anyways, and it helps that disorder of mine in which I feel like I'm talking to people if you put out a question because then there's actually like a voice and stuff and I feel less crazy having a conversation with other people when there's literally no other people here Does that kind of makes sense no all right that's fine in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Well, today, I want to focus a little bit more specifically on the Packers. I've sort of been doing that, especially yesterday. Um, by giving general NFL news and then to, to whatever degree I can how that impacts the Green Bay Packers. But today I want to focus specifically on the Packers. Uh, there's some news that's a little bit old at this point that you probably know, but maybe not. So I want to touch on some of the rumblings goings on and just kind of see where we're at. Because there's been a flurry, man. There's, there's, I mean, again, as I said yesterday, I'm having a hard time just keeping up. Uh, you know, even just things as simple as people that weren't franchise tagged well the franchise tag deadline ended so those guys technically are free agents now because the tag just kind of kept the player from going to free agency so that other teams can talk with them but saying no we're not going to franchise tag you and then the franchise tag deadline ending essentially just means there's a new window and in this window that team has got to negotiate a contract but if that player right essentially now it's a two-way street it doesn't mean that the player and the team can't work it out, but it does mean if that player wants to go to free agency, it's entirely up to them. They're going to be fielding um, contract offers 
but at this point, the only contract offer they can get is from their old team. So if they get a really good one and they want to sign it, awesome. Otherwise, just wait and see what happens. But anyways, there's just been a ton of that stuff. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to mention is the general idea that the Green Bay Packers are going to be spending in free agency. More specifically, the Packers are determined to spend on pass rusher in free agency. Most specifically, apparently Rob Domofsky was told by uh, NFL agents, which is weird because NFL agents wouldn't really know this, I guess, but whatever, was told by NFL agents that the Packers' plan is to spend money in free agency on a pass rusher and then see what kind of money is left over. In other words, that's the priority. We are absolutely not going to go out and sign a free agent safety at the top of the market and then not have enough money to get our guy. That's not to say we can't get a top free agent safety, depending on who we get as an edge rusher. In other words, if we're stuck with somebody that's, you know, a $9, $10 million guy, then we have some money to play with. And by stuck, I mean, you know, that's that's the best we can get. And we'll get there. Bottom line, I don't want a $9 million guy, but, you know, again, we'll see. We'll, we'll get to that point. But as I've said Again, as, as, as far back as literally about a year ago, Brian Gutekunst wants a pass rusher real, real bad. And that has been evident to me consistently, and, and during this process, it's even more so evident to me. And let me just, let me just tell you what's going to happen right now. If the Packers don't get a top free agent pass rusher, and, and it's going to depend how the Packers view these pass rushers. I, I, I can tell you who I think are top pass rushers. Um, I don't know what the Packers think they can do, but I'm talking about a guy that they believe is going to be a 10-sack guy, a guy that can be a top 10 pass rusher, top 15, whatever, a Devontae Adams caliber pass rusher. I believe if they don't get their guy, and we'll talk names, I absolutely would anticipate the Packers being willing and actively being on the phones in the draft to move up and get a top pass rusher. Brian Gutekunst is... And this is not me speaking on any source. I don't have any sources. Probably should be a goal for next year or something. I don't know. <laughs> One of these years I should figure out how to do that. Drive up to Green Bay and meander in the, the steakhouses and stuff. Spend myself into the poorhouse waiting for some agent to come walking in. What's up, man? How you doing, bro? Hey, let me buy your steak. Yeah, throw it on the credit card there. I'll just do that debt and whatnot so want to be friends got a got an instagram yeah i don't see this is why i don't have sources that's that's what i would probably be doing no but i i genuinely believe that the, the brian gutekunst has made up his mind and he's he's given himself a second first round pick in order to be able to to be in a position where he can say we will be getting a top free agent pass rusher whether that's a good one in free agency and then also take one at 12 or 30, that's a possibility. I just, I see no possibility unless, I mean, he's, he's going to try his hardest. It's possible he just can't get his guy in free agency, and it's also possible he's on the phones trying to work a deal to move up, and the pass rushers are all gone by, like, pick four, and there's nothing we can do. But I, I do think Brian Gutekunst and, and the Packers staff overall have it in their mind. We will be leaving this offseason with a top prospect that we believe can be a top pass rusher in this league. Again, whether that is a trade for Justin Houston, a trade for D Ford, 
Um, you know, we could talk about Trey Flowers, but again, he's a 4-3 defensive end. I, I don't know if you can have him stand up and play outside linebacker for the Packers. I mean, you can. You can tell him to do whatever you want. You can tell him to go play safety if you want to. That doesn't make it a good investment just because you paid him. And considering the amount of money he's going to want, you know, I don't know. I, I, would, I can't imagine he's going to get less than $20 million. You know, again, Khalil Mack last year got 25. Trey Flowers isn't Khalil Mack, but he is by far the best free agent pass rusher in this class. I mean, it's him and then a bunch of nobodies. Literally, a bunch of nobodies and nothings. Not to be mean to potential future Green Bay Packers outside linebackers, but these guys can't hold a candle to Trey Flowers or, for that record, 2018 D. Ford, which I'm going to put that qualifier on it, or Justin Houston, or even Olivier Vernon, for that matter, as much as I'm not super in on him. If you look at the actual free agents, not talking about guys we could trade for, I'm just talking about guys that are just out there waiting to be picked up, I will take Olivier Vernon over these guys any day of the week. It's bleak out there. But um, I guess let's talk specific. So I've, I've already talked about D. Ford, and um, I'm not opposed to it at all, especially because we've got the one guy that made it happen, right? I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm going to bet on D. Ford to be successful again, there's only one team that I want him to be on, and that's the Packers. It's not even the Chiefs. I mean, and the reason is twofold. Number one, he lost his outside linebacker uh, coach. And number two, the Chiefs seem hell-bent on getting rid of at least one of their pass rushers, if not both. They, they haven't, I mean, there's, there's been rumors they're wanting to trade D. Ford. There's also rumors they want to trade Justin Houston. Maybe they're just looking to get rid of one of them. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to get rid of both. So they're just waiting to figure out the best way to handle this. I'm not sure what they got going on over there. But either way, if, if D. Ford does stay, then it's more than likely that Justin Houston goes bye-bye. Well, now you got D. Ford... And one of the things that made him successful is having Justin Houston on the other side. The other thing that made him successful is, again, he had a brand new outside linebacker coach, and he credited him directly. He talked about how influential he was, about, about the game planning and the, prep, the preparing and, and, and helping me to go over the minute details because D. Ford is a high-round guy. He's a super talented, athletic guy. He won in college based on his athleticism. He comes into the NFL, and that's not good enough. So Mike Smith comes in and he goes, dude, no, you can't just play sloppy football. And, and, and they talked about that, not just D. Ford, but Justin Houston as well. These are guys that are just dominant athletes who think they can just win being sloppy. To be honest, I, I think that's exactly what Ja'Kai Polite is. You look at Ja'Kai Polite and it's just, the guy doesn't work hard. He doesn't train hard. He, he said in an interview he's never really watched tape on himself. When somebody asked a question, hey, you know, I noticed you really do a good job with your inside hand, blah, 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 something. The guy tries to compliment him, and he just kind of looks at him like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know, you know, what I do. I don't really pay attention to, I've never really watched myself on film very much. First of all, what are they doing in Florida that you don't have the guys watch their own film? But second of all, I mean, he just, this is the kind of guy that, He's just going to come in thinking he can just run past people like he did in college. That's not going to work. And that was D. Ford. He's just faster. He's, he's just a real quick get-around-the-corner guy, and he comes into the NFL against really quick athletic offensive tackles, and he can't get it done. So Mike Smith just hones it. Same with Justin Houston. Like, look, guys, 
We got to work on the little stuff. So he watched their film. He watched their tape. He said, this is what we're going to do. You know, whatever it is, you got, we got to work on your feet. You got to work on your hands. We got to work on your leverage. We got to work on your pad level. We got to work on all this different stuff. And beyond that, he looked at specific opponents and he said, okay, these are the tackles. And based on these tackles, I want you on the left side. I want you on the right side because this guy's better at handling speed. This guy's better at handling power. And then he went even a step further. Not only that, here are the specific things that he doesn't do well. Here are the specific things you do well. So in your repertoire, what up, Dance Party? I know, he's Dance Party uh, over here is getting fired up too. DJ Galaxy getting after it. But he would specifically say, okay, here's your bag of tricks. I want you to specifically hone in on these one and two tricks because this guy can't handle it, right? Inside moves or, or speed around the outside like Kyler Fackrell last year. That was his thing. He's not a super good pass rusher. Kyler Fackrell just isn't. But he's quick. And you get a guy that just can't seem to to, to get off the line real fast, and Kyler Fackrell can just burn him once in a while. So he went specifically into his bag of tricks and said, not only do I want you going up against this guy because you're a better matchup, but here's the things he can't handle, so I want you to focus on doing these things. You know, hit him here, do this, you know, work to the outside, and then cut back inside. We're going to do stunts. We're going to do all whatever. So detail-centric. So again, take away Justin Houston and take away the guy that, that took this raw... Now, maybe he's just going to take that and, and be fine because he did learn the little things. He learned the, 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 the hands and the feet and the leverage and all this stuff, and maybe he's just good now. But for my money, if you said, is D Ford going to be more successful with the Chiefs or more successful with the Packers, I want him to have that coach again. I want him to have that guy that can kind of baby him through this and say, look, I don't want you to have to think. You're a great athlete. I'm going to tell you where to go and what to do. Specifically, I'm going to draw it out for you. And because, again, he's the outside linebacker coach, he's not the, the linebacker slash assistant head coach. Even throughout the game, he's just watching outside linebacker. There's only going to be two of them on the field at any point in time. If there's an adjustment that needs to be made, he's just focusing on that all day long. He's up there in the booth just watching it. I'm assuming anyways. So the offense is on the field. He can just talk to Pet and be like, look, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm thinking. You know, if he's on the sideline, he can talk to the guys. Or if he's up in the booth, he can call down to the guy. I don't know, whatever. But just to have that aspect in general for the Packers is going to be great. But again, Mike Smith in particular, and I, I keep hitting on these these Chiefs guys in particular, especially Justin Houston, but it, it just feels right. It just makes sense. So a, anyways, I, I want to just look at some of the other options. Again, we've talked about Olivier Vernon, but there's a couple people that, um, for example, on uh, March 1st, Tony Pauline had mentioned that the Packers were interested in Preston Smith, outside linebacker for the Washington Redskins. Um, I just saw that Michael Cohen of The Athletic uh, had mentioned that the Packers are interested in Zadarius Smith, outside linebacker for the, um, the Baltimore Ravens. Both of these guys currently free agents. Again, the teams that are interested in them, and, and by the way, Zadarius Smith, the, the Ravens have said, I'm not so sure I want to keep him. They've also said as much about Terrell Suggs, so I don't, I don't know what their group of pass rushers is going to look like next year, but that's their problem, not ours. But just to be clear, I said after Trey Flowers there's a drop-off. Well, depending on who you ask, and I would probably dispute this, but if you just look at, for example, there's a list of uh, top free agents in the NFL. This is NFLTradeRumors.co. Um, they have a list of top 100 pass rush or top 100 free agents. The number one free agent is Trey Flowers, 4-3 defensive end, 26 years old. 
After that, Le'Veon Bell, then Earl Thomas, Landon Collins, Nick Foles, and then Preston Smith. Now, I would absolutely disagree that Preston Smith belongs this high on the list, but it doesn't matter. Point is, Preston Smith is the next best pass rusher. The next guy after that is Ezekiel Ansah. Again, another 4-3 defensive end. Regardless of what you think of him, he's not going to be an outside linebacker. Right after Ansah is Zadarius Smith. So, as far as pass rushers go, there's Trey Flowers, who's a very good football player at 26 years old. Everybody keeps saying Miami. I, I keep seeing that. A lot of guys are saying Miami, and um, I've seen multiple Packers people say, you know, because Packer fans say, I want Trey Flowers, so they go and talk to Packers folks on the Twitters, and, and they're like, no, 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 they're going to Miami. There's absolutely no question that the Dolphins are targeting him and want him very, very much. But let's not forget that the Detroit Lions are also in the mix. Now, they both have plenty of money. The Dolphins, I've talked about the Dolphins before, right? $9.5 million, but they're going to get rid of Tannehill. That's going to save them $13 million. They're getting rid of Robert Quinn. That's going to save another $13 million. They're talking about maybe moving on from Devontae Parker. That's going to be another $9 million. So, so they're going to have $40 million bucks in cap space in no time whatsoever. They're just trying to trade these guys and get some compensation for them. So are they going to end up with Trey Flowers? Yeah, maybe. There's, there's a good chance. But let's not forget about Detroit. They've also got about $35 million in cap space, and everybody talks about Flores. Okay, well, who was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots the year before that? Oh, yeah, head coach for the Detroit Lions. And who has one of the most desperate needs at pass rusher? Oh, yes, the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions do draft higher than the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, you could also say, maybe are looking for quarterback in the first round so they can satisfy pass rush with Trey Flowers. But as far as, and I don't, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too far here. I don't know, I, I just, we got to talk about it because it's on my brain and it's stuck there, and I'm like a pit bull, man. I'm like a dog with a bone. If you look at the draft, they're not getting Bosa. Talking about Detroit now. Who's the next best guy? Possibly Cleveland Furl. But as much as many people are saying, you know, I've seen that list on Twitter, guys that will not fall to 12, um, he might be a late first-round guy. Just throwing that out there. He was an early first-round guy a long time ago. I have not heard a lot of buzz about him very recently. And again, when I talked to Mark Jarvis, he just said, I, I don't see him going until later in the first round, maybe in the 20s-ish. But, but I don't know, whatever, who knows? I'll leave that be, I'm just saying. So let's look at these two guys, Preston's, Preston and Zadarius Smith, the top three, four outside linebackers, free agents that are available, top guys. So Preston Smith, first of all, the, the, the top three, four outside linebacker, top pass rusher for a three, four team available. 26 years old, six foot five, 265, second round pick in 2015. His, his sack numbers, which again deviate from actual recorded sack numbers, but I'm looking at Pro Football Focus, so I'm going with their numbers, and they just track them differently. Nine sacks, five sacks, eight sacks, six sacks. Redfish, bluefish. So just that by itself, and, and, and my understanding is we're, we're talking about in and around 10 million bucks. Maybe as high as 12, I don't know. But but again, we're talking about, as far as free agents, some of the top guys, so they can throw their weight around a little bit. And I know Gutekunst wants it bad, but this is a Ted Thompson signing. This is a guy who's going to come in, and I'm, I'm talking about what? I mean, what what he's not even Nick Perry in his prime, because Nick Perry can get 12 sacks in his prime. He's never had double-digit sacks. As, as far as his PFF score, we're, we're, we've got three years of average production, and he did take a pretty big step. The, the unfortunate aspect in this is the reason his overall grade went up is because his run defense grade went through the roof, which is a good thing. His coverage grade was very high, and his tackling grade went up a little bit. 
But in a typical year, his tackling and run defense is terrible, his coverage is suspect, and his pass rush in 2018 really wasn't any better than it was in previous years, which just isn't very good. It's an, a- it's an average grade. So essentially what we would get for 9, 10, 11, 12 million dollars is a guy that's just not very good. He's just there. I would say it's, it's similar to the Ahmad Brooks signing, but Ahmad Brooks is, was just terrible. I mean, Ahmad Brooks hadn't been good since 2012. And even that, we're talking about 2012, which was maybe one of his best years, is pretty close to how good this guy is. So it, that's, he's better than Ahmad Brooks, but it's a similar kind of signing where he's going to come in and do what? Right, people are going to get excited because they're going to find that one clip of him doing something cool. And he'll get a, a sack or two, but uh, talk about anticlimactic. And then what are we going to do with, our, with our, the rest of our money? I mean, if we, if we sign a top safety, we're at zero, man. If we give this guy 12 and we give, you know, let's say Landon Collins 12, 13, whatever, that's 25 million. We've got 35, again, minus the draft picks, pretty close to zero right there. And what do we get for it? We got a really good safety and a way below average pass rusher. It just doesn't make sense. It's, it's a, I don't know how else to say it, but a Ted Thompson signing. We threw money at something that does nothing. Zadarius Smith is the exact same story, but not quite as good. He's never, he, he had a, so, okay, 2015, below average, 2016, below average, 2017, exactly average, 2018, good. So, boom, there's that big spike, right? So, Zadarius Smith, also 26 years old, he was a fourth-round pick, 6'4", 272, bigger guy. Bigger guy that can't do anything against the run. His tackling is decent, it's always been kind of decent, so he at least has that going for him. He's horrible in coverage, which is different than Preston Smith, because at least he's been, I shouldn't say he's horrible, he's average, but it's just, he, he doesn't do anything. The one positive about Zadarius Smith is that the big uptick in his grade is almost entirely because of his pass rush. This past year, he ended up with 10 sacks, 17 hits, and 34 hurries. That's a lot. He averaged 12.5 pressures, excuse me, 12.5% of his, his pass rush snaps converted to pressures. That's pretty high. And if you remember, I haven't talked about it in a while. My general standard is 10 is kind of a baseline. In other words, in terms of being starter caliber, Clay Matthews was always kind of hovering around 10 as far as pressures. We always look at sacks, but that's another good thing about pro football focus. It also looks at hits and hurries because sometimes you can't always close. You want to get that that sack. You want to finish, but hits and hurries are also important. If you get up into the 13, 14%, you're, you're getting up into what I would call good territory. And then, you know, up from there is, is getting beyond good. And you get up into the 20s, you're talking Aaron Donald territory, right? So, in other words, his giant uptick, which was a huge uptick, and it's, it's awesome. Again, 10 sacks, 17 hits, 34 hurries. That's cool. But it was a one-year thing. I mean, and if we're, we're going to play this game where we're willing to risk the one-year thing, then go get D Ford. His one-year jump basically went from, you know, Zadarius Smith. It was the exact same thing, except he went to being a top-10 pass rusher in the NFL. D. Ford was 11th. As far as overall grade, he was 11th. Preston Smith was 24th. Zadarius Smith was 42nd. As far as pass rush ability, D. Ford was number one. Zadarius Smith was 13th. Preston Smith was 45th. So, so this is the issue. Between those three guys that I listed, all three were terrible until last year. All three broke out last year. D. Ford broke out into being a top 15 all-around um, edge rusher and the number one pass rusher in the NFL. PFF credited him with 15 sacks, 17 hits, 46 hurries, a total of 78 pressures. 
That's on 563 pass rush attempts. That's 13.8%. So again, we're getting into that good territory. Zadarius Smith broke out, was a top 15 pass rusher with no abilities whatsoever and in run defense. Now, granted, D Ford isn't a whole lot better. D Ford is not going to give you much as far as coverage. D Ford is not super great as a run defender. But I think you're going to have a lot easier time finding the big hulking, you know, three, four outside linebackers that can set an edge than a pass rusher, right? The pass rushers are the ones that are hard to find. The reason some of these guys aren't super great or aren't super, you know, valued super high as as three, four outside linebackers isn't because they're completely useless. It's because they're not seen as 10 sack guys in a year, right? If you can't give me that, I don't know how high I want to take you. A lot of these guys are, are just dominant on the edge. But if all you are is an edge setter and you can't get after the quarterback, nobody cares about you. You know, Maybe you'll go late first, early second, but you're not going to be a top 10 selection if you can't get after the quarterback. So, you know, in a vacuum, would I take Zedaria Smith? Of course I would. A top 15 pass rusher? Yeah, I mean, maybe he's going to continue that. I, I absolutely hate, because of Nick Perry, and, and just, I shouldn't say because of Nick Perry, because I hated the deal with Nick Perry too, so just in general principle, the idea that, ooh, you had one big year, let's give you a massive contract. That was dumb when we did it with Nick Perry. I hated it at that point, and it proved to be terrible. Well, we've got three guys that fit that description. D. Ford, Zedarius Smith, and Preston Smith. All three guys have been garbage their entire careers. They're in the last year of their contracts, and they play out of their mind. Now, again, the reason I like D. Ford more, and it, it, if you've been listening, I haven't been super high on D. Ford. I've been higher on Justin Houston because I don't care about the age. I want consistency. I want, if I'm going to pay you money, and if I'm going to give up draft capital, especially if we're talking about Houston and D. Ford, we got to give up draft capital, maybe like a second-round pick. That's a lot. On top of all the money, it's a lot, ladies and gentlemen. If I'm going to do that, I want a guy that's been consistently doing it every year, and that's Justin Houston. And again, he got better because of because of Mike Smith. But even if the, the Mike Smith thing doesn't really pan out or whatever, it doesn't matter because Justin Houston is just good. He's always been good. D. Ford has been trash, folks. Sedarius Smith has been trash. Preston Smith has been trash. And we're just rolling the dice. So I like Justin Houston because of the consistency, and I think he'd be cheaper. I like D. Ford because his upside is, is literally best pass rusher in the NFL, which is what he was last year. So as far as the guys that we're talking about, he would be next. After that would maybe be Zadarius Smith, just because he at least provides that pass rush, even though he's garbage against the run. But he has the potential of being a 10-sack guy, being a, a solid pass rusher. And I know we already have Kyler Fackrell, but for the record, Kyler Fackrell was uh, graded as the 44th best, um, or the 44th highest pass rush grade. Literally one spot above Preston Smith, who's not very good. So just in terms of pass rush, Kyler Fackrell was 44th, which isn't even starter caliber. Again, top he's not top 32. I know he had a lot of sacks, and even his pressure rate wasn't bad. But again, it's not just how good did you look when you did good things. right? You can look at 10 sacks and say that's an awesome year. Okay, but we're talking about a total of about 250 pass rush attempts. I know 10 of them were good. What happened on the other 240? Because and the only reason I'm laying that out is because I know some people are going to say, how could you possibly be a bad pass rusher and get 10 sacks? Well, because they looked at the other 240 snaps, and they weren't super impressed. That's kind of the problem. Another name I would like to throw out quickly is Shaquille Barrett, edge rusher for the Denver Broncos. Um, he is a much better and well, more well-rounded prospect, and if there's even a whiff of him being less money, 
I I might like Shaquille Barrett over the other two that I mentioned anyways. If if you told me you have to spend $10 million pick between Shaquille Barrett or one of the two Smiths, I might pick Shaquille Barrett. Now, it's hard because he's been a backup. He's a backup, but it's not because he's trash. It's because they're behind. he's behind Von Miller and now Bradley Chubb. But um, Shaquille Barrett provides that consistency that I like. In fact, in 2018, in a, in a contract year, his grade actually went down. 2016 and 2017, he graded out as very good. He's been solid against the run since day one, and his pass rush grade has always been good. In 2017, it was it was borderline very good. Now, his numbers aren't super high, but his snap count isn't super high because he's a backup. You look at six sacks, two sacks, four sacks, three sacks. But again, if you look at that as a percentage, this past year, three sacks, four hits, six hurries, he hit that 10% mark. So, you know, his overall play is relatively inconsistent, which is true with a lot of these guys. Preston Smith is maybe the most consistent, meaning you're, you're going to get at least... And a, a good game out of them. Um, the, the only back-to-back games that were not good was week 16 and 17. Otherwise, he never had two games in a row where he wasn't good. And again, good means different things. In week two, Preston Smith was good because his tackling grade was high and his coverage grade was high. His pass rush and his run defense were trash. But still, you're still getting something out of them. Zedarius had more poor games, and, and we're talking literally every single game against the run was horrible. But on top of almost almost not having two good games in a row, he also had a three-game stretch, 13, 14, 15, where he wasn't very good, and then week 17 in the wild card, he wasn't very good. So he's more flashy. So, th- so there isn't even that consistency aspect. I-, I would say Shaquille Barrett is actually a lot more consistent than Zadarius Smith, and his, his bad games aren't even quite as bad. As far as bad games, and, and you know, not talking about as many snaps or whatever, he only had three that were below average and one that was bad. But, but just in terms of compensation, I don't want any of these guys. I don't want the Smiths, and I don't want Shaquille Barrett because we have limited cap space, and I don't want to invest in guys that aren't going to come in and have a significant impact. Now, if we're talking about depth, if you're telling me Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith want $10 million, I'm telling you no, because I think we can get guys in the second round that can be as good or better. I would actually be surprised if we got Chase Winovich at 44 and he wasn't better than you can get these guys, or at least as good. And then we could actually invest our salary cap in guys that are very, very good. We can go out and get Landon Collins type guys. The, that's what I want to use salary cap for. The draft is a crapshoot. What, beyond what we do with 12 where we have an actual opportunity to get a real stud. And of course we could at 30 and everything else. But like these top tier guys, the, the, the D Ford caliber, you know, D Ford and 2018 caliber type guys, those are going to be the Brian Burnses, right? The, the Ja'Kai Polites, I guess. Those kinds of guys. But the Zadarius Smiths of the world, I mean, we can get those guys in the third round considering how trash he was for the first three years. You don't think I can get a fourth round outside linebacker that can be garbage for three years and then give me some production? I mean, Kyler Fackrell, there you go. We already got that guy, the guy that we all laughed at for a long time, and then one year he had a good year, and it's like, whoa, there he is. Yeah, that's that's Kyler Fackrell. You want to go out? I mean, th- this is, imagine you were on, a, a, if Kyler Fackrell was, was walking right now. And you, you hear about another team who's like really interested in Kyler Fackrell, and they're like, oh man, he had a he had a double-digit sack year. He's so good. How many Packer fans would, would at least offer a word of caution? Like, look, man, here's kind of the deal with, with Mr. Fackrell. And we love him over here. He's become a little bit of a little little bit of a thing. But let me just let you in on a little secret. That's what we're getting in these guys. Not Shaquille Barrett, again, because he's been consistent. Not top tier, but decent. And he's been that way since 
since year one, 2015. And he's he, the guy was an undrafted free agent. This is what's shocking. As an undrafted free agent, he played better than Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith for three years, and arguably also in 2018. Nobody's going to say that again because he's a backup. He only played 276 total snaps. I mean, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith had just pass rush snaps that equaled 276. That was his total snap count. But again, if, if, if it's 10 million for Zadarius and Preston, and we're talking 5 million for Shaquille Barrett, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. As depth, yes. I'm not looking at him and saying, okay, we satisfied it. No. But if we can't get Justin Houston and we can't get D Ford and we can't get Olivier Vernon or whoever else it is that you think we can trade for, if those all fall through and we can't pull the trigger, I'll take Shaquille for $5 million. I'll spend our, 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 our big money stuff on a safety or whoever else we can get. And the odds of us not being able to get a safety with the, just the massive numbers that there are, I'm assuming we're going to get one. Then we just have to focus. Again, this is that situation. We got Shaquille Barrett, which is cool. He can maybe be a number two on the opposite side, especially considering his his penchant for run defense. Now we got to get our guy. Now we got to get Brian Burns. Now we've got to get whoever. And by the way, that, that could technically be a Quinnen or a Ned Oliver because they do provide some pass rush, although I would like to have somebody on the other side. But if you have Kyler Fackrell, who's your athletic speed guy on one side, who's capable of 10 sacks, you got your Shaquille Barrett, who's not a bad pass rusher, but you put him on, on the strong side, and then you have the interior pressure with a Quinnen or a Ned Oliver, that's not a terrible situation to be in. But the point is, I think Ted, or Ted Thompson... I think Gutekunst wants an outside linebacker, and I do think if we end up only getting a Shaquille Barrett or, for that matter, Preston or Zadarius Smith, which I just hope we don't, but if we end up throwing $10, $11 million at one of these guys, we have to. Well, we don't have to. I think Gutekunst is going to feel the need to package whatever to go up and get whoever. And again, if you start seeing at, at pick three trade, don't be surprised if, if the logo that pops up is the Green Bay Packers logo. And whether it's Josh Allen, Brian Burns, you know, it's not going to be Ja'Kai at this point anyways. But um, that, that's just sort of my general thought at this point. And by the way, one final note on the, the, the fact that there's rumors that the Packers are interested. The Packers are interested probably means they've had conversations. The Packers have had conversations, I'd be willing to bet, about just about every single available pass rusher. I've already said I'm 1,000% I'm positive they've talked to the Chiefs about D. Ford and Justin Houston. If, if nothing else, just to find out what the market value is. Just shopping around, just seeing what you're, you know, are they available? Yes, they are. What, what kind of compensation you're looking for? This is what we're thinking. Okay, thank you. I mean, presumably it's a little bit longer than that, but that at the very least, that's what we're talking about. And I'm willing to bet the Packers have made calls about everybody. So yes, they overheard that they called on Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, probably also Shaquille Barrett. They're, they're, they're doing their homework. That's his job to do that. And we know he does it. He calls on everybody. And and just because something slipped through the cracks and, oh, I overheard the Packers called this person, and then it blows up in the media, right? Then it's like, oh, the Packers want this guy. They're targeting this guy. The, the language gets changed from they inquired to they're interested to they're targeting, and then it becomes this Twitter firestorm like, oh, no, oh, no, the Packers are going to get this guy. It's like, dude. They're just asking around. That's all it is. So at the very least, on some level, they are interested. Otherwise, they're, I mean, they're not going to call if there's zero interest. But the question is, what is the compensation? And in my mind, if we're talking about double digits, if we're talking about 10 or more million dollars for any of these guys, Preston Zadarius or Shaquille Barrett, absolutely not. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to get Zadarius Smith only because he's not 
in my estimation, worth $10 million. But anytime you've got a young, early round pass rush guy who's, you know, built a certain way that's crossed that 10 sack threshold, somebody's probably going to offer up silly money for him. And for me, if I'm going to get silly, and we know Gutekunst is willing to get silly, again, Khalil Mack, I'm going to keep throwing that in everybody's face until they hear me. He tried to get Khalil Mack. He tried to get a guy that wanted $25 million a year. He tried to get a guy that would have cost us two first-round draft picks. He offered it. Okay, you want 25? You got it. Okay, you want two first-round picks? You got it. It was the Raiders that said no. That's our GM. The guy is off the rails crazy trying to get guys. So the idea that he wouldn't try to get a D forward, if he feels he can continue that ability, I'm hoping they're going to do their due diligence and make the right decision. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not in his position to have to make that call because that could be devastating if we offer him up whatever. If we give up a second-round pick and like $18 million to a guy who ends up going back to play like he did in 2017, we are doomed, my friend paying Aaron Rodgers 30-some million dollars, paying Devontae Adams 16 million, and now we've got a pass rusher that's one of the worst in the NFL. We're paying him 18. We're done. We're doomed. It's over. And you know he's going to want guarantees. Not that it really matters, right? The, the, the trade is, is kind of out of D Ford's hand and the compensation is sort of out of his hands. But the contract is only through 2019, so we're going to have to offer him an extension. He, he has a base salary of $15 million. So, I mean, I suppose it would be less overall, but, but really not much. So, you know, if it's a four-year deal, that would be a three-year extension. So let's say we offered him a three-year extension worth $18 million a year. That's $54 million, I don't know, $40 million in guarantees or something. That's 69.4 over the, the full length of the contract, including his 15.4 this year. So if you average that out over the 14 years, the 15 plus the three 18s comes out to 17.35 over the course of four years. So it, it does go down a little bit, but we're still talking about massive money. And again, this is why I like Justin Houston, because we're talking shorter term. D Ford, we're talking big time, long term with high risk and the potential to completely cripple this team. I'm talking about cripple this team. We have no cap. We're done. We're capped out. We are going to pay Aaron Rodgers. He is going to count against our cap. That's going to hurt. We are paying Devontae Adams. And understand, we're paying Devontae Adams $16 million in 2020, $16 million in 2021. Our ability to re-sign him beyond 2021 assuming he's still playing at a high level, is largely going to depend on how much money we have. And if we're signing D Ford, and, and by the way, as much as a lot of Packers or, or Twitter GMs want to just push out money, yeah, see what happens when we're paying D Ford $22 million when we're trying to re-sign Devontae Adams because you pushed out all his money to the back end of his contract. Again, that's difficult. If we get Justin Houston, we sign him to a two-year contract, I feel a little bit better about that. Not, not that we're in much better shape, because two years compared to, you know, four years, still a very expensive two years. But we've got the consistency. We've got a two-year window to draft and develop further talent, which we would need to do in this draft class because it's a solid draft class for outside linebackers, you know, pass rushers. I don't know. I don't want to circle back around that, but you get what I'm saying, right? Justin Houston is the safest bet. D Ford is high upside, high risk. After that, it's just a bunch of kind of nobodies. And maybe there's other people we could trade for. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how many people. There, there could be other teams that are willing if the price is right. Maybe the Packers are, in, are inquiring. But again, D Ford number one, Justin Houston number five. Two top five guys in Houston, both on the trade block. That has to be where the Packers' heads are at, right? That, that has to be it. Whatever. I don't know. Anyways, I'm off it.
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Some general news Apparently, not only are the Green Bay Packers not interested in Antonio Brown, but his market is cooling rapidly. So I had mentioned yesterday, the only reason I bring it up is because yesterday somebody had flashed an image of um, ESPN or whatever showing a list of teams interested in Antonio Brown, and Green Bay Packers are one of them. Well, I've said I think that that was probably an error. I don't know. But now with this new report that a lot of teams are bowing out, I have to assume the Packers are, are definitely out. So probably not news, but there was kind of a, oh no, this might be happening kind of thing. But it uh, it sounds like, and, and the only way that I would ever say Antonio Brown is a genius in this situation is if the market cools so rapidly that he just gets cut. <laughs> that they can't find a trade partner for him, and he gets cut and just goes to the open market. And just can negotiate whatever with whoever, however. But even so, he still hurt his value. So I, this whole thing is so dumb. I mean, what what... This is not Packers necessarily related. What is he thinking right now as he's watching this unfold and seeing that the Steelers are granting his request to send him to another team where he will be getting a lot of money somewhere else and whatever. He's watching this and seeing that teams are not interested in maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL because he's a psychopath. He's such an immature child that teams don't want the best wide receiver in the NFL. Teams that desperately need him are saying, nah, not Antonio, not doing it. I mean, maybe he's so egocentric that he just doesn't see it or refuses to see it or just, you know, he's one of those people that just deflects and says everything is somebody else's problem, whatever, that's not my problem. Well, we saw that, right? I don't even need football. Apparently, maybe that is how he's handling it. Maybe that was him lashing out about this situation that everybody says he's an immature little child is to continue to dig his hole deeper and say, I don't even need football, which, by the way, it wasn't shortly after that comment, before the report comes out, teams are bowing out saying, nah, never mind, I don't want them. But anyways, the one team that is steady through this process that seems to be the strongest link is the Oakland Raiders, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Tiny little bit of news, Geronimo Allison says he will be 100% healthy for OTAs. Um, I haven't talked about Geronimo or really even much of the, the team in general because of all the stuff that's going on. It's hard to say necessarily what I think is going to happen. And again, I'd have to kind of look at our situation. It's tough because we have so many wide receivers. I mean, Geronimo is not number two, three, or even, you know, maybe he can edge out Jamon. So I, th- th- there isn't a decision made on Geronimo at this point. I know, uh, I know Aaron Rodgers likes him. We all know that. And that counts for something. We know he has some ability and that's great. But if we end up drafting wide receivers, even one, you know, relatively early, second, third round, first, I don't know. Hey, if we get, like, D. Ford or Justin Houston and, um, I don't know, maybe get a pass rusher at 12, there's no reason to believe we can't get a wide receiver at 30. At that point, it's getting to be tough for Geronimo. As much as I know a lot of Packer fans like him, as much as Aaron Rodgers likes him, fact of the matter is we've got, you know, whatever, Nikhil Harry, Hakeem Butler, whoever it would be at 30 or 44, on top of Devontae Adams, and Marquez, and EQ, and Jamon, and Kumaro, 
It's just a lot of competition. But anyways, he says he's healthy. He wants to be back. That's awesome. Geronimo's a good guy. I just I just don't care for his play. And again, you know how I am. I overreact. When people say somebody's really good and they're not good, I'm going to come down really hard because I need that point to get home. The guy had one really big deep play like two years ago, and everybody from that day on, it's like Geronimo's really good. And it didn't matter that he hadn't been good since that moment. The, the narrative that he's really good just stuck. Um, the Packers are not re-signing Devon House, which is not a shock. However, they are expected to re-sign Ibrahim Campbell. I really like Ibrahim Campbell. Um, I've mentioned it several times. Basically, in a very small sample size, he was incredible. Very, very, very good. Now, he's coming off an ACL tear, which is pretty serious, but um, he showed a lot. Now, I'm hesitant because it's not like this is a second-round guy who showed a lot. It's like, dude, he's going to be solid. This is this is a you know fourth-round pick who spent three years with Cleveland where he was just kind of meh, and then spent 2018 with three different teams. But, you know, the fact of the matter is he came to Green Bay and he just played lights out. It was toward the end of the season against Seattle. He played well. His tackling is just, its he's one of the better tacklers around. I mean, he's, he's had an elite tackling grade as a safety since day one. I mean, he didn't in 2016, but 2015, 17, and 18, elite. Dude can tackle. Great against, against the run. Now, the Packers played him as a free safety. Maybe it would be better to put him at strong safety because his coverage is a little bit more lacking, but even, as, at, even in coverage compared to the safeties we have, he's still going to end up probably being better. But I like that. I like that as a developmental guy. Um... You know, 5'11", 210, he's not an undrafted free agent. He went in the fourth round. He's only 26 years old. So to show that kind of potential, that's that's promising. And again, we, we need so much. We, we, we Even if we get a free agent guy, we still don't have depth. I mean, Ibrahim Campbell would, would be maybe a starter, depending on if we draft somebody and, and get... If we get Landon Collins and draft somebody, we still don't have any safeties. Because Kentrell Bryce is, I don't, I don't even know if, I mean, I don't want to be super harsh, but even as a backup, I just don't trust him. I don't want him on the field. I mean, if, if you're going to be a backup, you've got to have some ability. You've got to be the kind of guy that can come in and, in a pinch and show something. And the Packers have had those guys. In pinches, they come in for small amounts of time and, and have put up some numbers. Shown flashes, shown ability, right? A lot, a lot of the guys a couple years ago with Dom Capers that you know were undrafted free agents that were playing better than the corners we had starting. They'd come in, they'd show flashes, and then they go back to the bench because oh no, we got to have our guys out there. That's what a backup is. I mean, if a backup isn't just somebody that's terrible and sits on the bench, and I hate to be again kind of mean, but of the guys we have, they're all just kind of terrible, you know. I, and we all become fans of people. I know some people were real big on Raven Green, but I mean, he's he's just bad. I guess he was okay against Miami, I guess, so I'll give him that, but do I want him to be depth on this? Not really, man. You have to at least be at, at some kind of a threshold, and, and every team is going to have players that are just not good. That's just the reality, but I mean, come on. It's so bad. I mean, we've got guys that I don't know if I want to be backups as starters right now. That's how bad safety is, but anyways, excited to see what uh, Ibrahim Campbell can do when he comes back. I don't know if I trust him to be a starter, but if, if he can continue to play the way he did... Uh, he does have some starter potential. He's not going to be great in coverage, but, you know, he has unbelievable ability against the run, which is awesome, and isn't incompetent, uh, you know, in coverage. The final thing I wanted to touch on, and uh, I actually just saw it today, is a report that I, I got to be honest, I don't necessarily believe, but I, I can't help but at least pay attention because it's people that are in the know over there in the Dallas region. 
This is via Calvin Watkins, and Calvin Watkins is a writer for The Athletic for the Dallas Cowboys. Here is what he tweeted at 8.18 p.m. yesterday. Quote, Let's clear this up now. A source tells The Athletic, Cowboys have no interest in Earl Thomas or Landon Collins. The financial price is too steep. This isn't new news. Now Cowboys also have no interest in Eric Weddle either. Price is everything. Now the reason, I and I don't dispute the price problem, but I, I know they're interested in Earl Thomas. They've been interested for over a year. I know that it was recently they met with Earl Thomas. I think Earl Thomas was in Dallas and met with them, or maybe it was at the Combine, I don't know, but I know that they met with him. So I'm not disputing the, the, the claim that maybe they're not going to go after him because he's too expensive, but when he comes out and says there's no interest, I just, I have a hard time with that, man. But either way, let, let's call it what it is. It's good news. It is good news because the Cowboys are one of our biggest competitors as far as safeties, as far as, far as Earl Thomas. So if you, take, if you take the Cowboys off the list, there's still teams that need safeties, but, I mean, you know, again, Landon Collins and LaMarcus Joyner and Earl Thomas and, you know, Adrian Amos, and there's so many guys that are really, really good that are out there. And, again, you take one team completely off the list. You take all the other teams that have safeties and don't want safeties off the list. You take teams like the Rams who are letting uh, talented, expensive safeties go or the Bears who are letting them go or the Seahawks who clearly aren't going to be re-signing Earl Thomas. Or you, and then you take off all the teams who don't have the cap space. You got the, you know, the Jaguars don't have cap space. The Bears don't have cap space. Eagles don't really have cap space. Uh, the Dolphins are going to free up cap space, but they're going to be targeting Trey Flowers. But I, you know, whatever. Plus they've got um, Minka Fitzpatrick. They, they don't want a safety. Again, I, I just, I think the Packers are going to have the ability and possibly have some negotiating power as far as price because it's not a good time to be a safety. If, you, if you're Earl Thomas, you want to be the only one out there. You want to be Trey Flowers, who's the only talented free agent pass rusher available. The good news for the Packers is they can, say, they can call up Earl Thomas' agent and haggle. can say, okay, we're interested. What do you want? He says, I want $14 million. And they say, that's ridiculous. We, we can get LaMarcus Joyner for, you know, 10.5. Do you want to get serious, or should I just hang up and go call up uh, LaMarcus or, you know, Landon? You know, or, or that's the other thing. Like, you know, yeah, no question Earl's great, but I can get Landon Collins, who's great and younger, and we could, we could have a long-term solution here. So I'm, I'm going to need you to get serious. And you can play them off of each other, and that brings the price down, right? It's supply and demand. The fact that it's so saturated, and, and, and every team that drops out makes it more saturated because we're talking about safeties per interested teams. You know, if there's, if there's uh you know, five safeties that are available that are top tier and there's 30 teams that are interested, well, only one in every six teams is going to get them and that's going to cause the price to go up. If there's six talented free agent safeties and there's only 12 teams that are really interested in paying big money for it, half of those teams are walking away with a safety. And I think the market might even be better than that that demographic, especially when you factor in other guys that maybe aren't exactly top tier but are, are very intriguing. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. And, and, and this is another big reason, and I'll end with this. This is a big reason we need to get the, the pass rusher correct. Because if we spend a bunch of money on a pass rusher that's not any good, and that causes us to not have the money to then go out and get one of these safeties, who is, who is just going to be a guarantee. To what degree they're a guarantee, I don't know. But there's, you know what you're getting with a lot of these guys. 
Earl Thomas is, is still the best safety in the NFL. Now maybe he takes a dip, and there's a lot of competition. Some of these, may, but whatever. What he's going to be top ten. If he's not the best, it's pretty unlikely he won't be top five. And if he's not top five, he's not top ten. And if he's not top ten, something went terribly wrong. He's probably not playing or something. I don't know. But we have a real ability to satisfy a massive need at safety, and it is a massive need. And we have the money and the capability to basically get whomever we we choose. But if our mentality is we're doing pass rusher first, and then we'll see what we have left over, even up to and including, well, D. Ford is asking too much, and uh, you know Justin Houston went somewhere else. So I guess we'll spend thirteen million dollars on Zadarius Smith. I mean, come on, man. There has to be a point at which you're saying that, that, look, the pass rusher just isn't working. Let's go all in on Landon Collins, and then we'll go all in in the draft. We'll, we'll package a couple picks. We'll move up to, uh, to you know, I don't know, seven. I don't even know who's there. I forget the draft order. We'll move up to seven, which isn't even going to cost our two first. I don't even know if two are, are, are – we might even get something back if we package our first and second. But we'll, we'll move up. We'll get a guy. We're getting Josh Allen if he's there. We're getting Brian Burns. And now we've got Landon Collins. We got him locked up on like a five-year contract. He's a Packer, and he's going to be for a long time. We got Brian Burns. He's going to be locked up for five years, assuming we keep his option and whatnot. And then at pick 30, we can double up on pass rusher, and then we've got two solid pass rushers plus our interior. We can get an interior guy like Jerry Tillery, and we've got an even better pass rush ability as well as a, a more solid off defensive line. You go, I mean, at, at that point, it just... You're just adding talent, right? We can go wide receiver. We can go tight end if, if a guy like Fant is still around. You know, maybe somebody like Hollywood Brown. You can go offensive guard and get that athletic offensive guard to help out this run game. You can, you can go Joshua Jacobs. Get get an elite running back if you want to. I don't care. The point. I, I guess all I'm saying is I want to utilize our capital and maximize top-tier talent. I would rather get two top guys than four guys that are just going to be there. Let me say that a different way. I'll take Brian Burns and Landon Collins over, you know, Zadarius Smith, Taran Matthew, you know, Adam Humphreys, and, uh, you know, Quan Alexander at linebacker. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just not interested, especially in regard to free agency. I don't mind, for example, trading back in the draft and taking more swings because, again, it's a crapshoot. The more swings you get, the more likely you are to hit on talent that can actually contribute and be good. In free agency, though, we kind of have an idea of what we're getting. And spending money, I don't care how low it is, spending money on talent that isn't really talent is useless. It's like car shopping. My, my wife and I just went car shopping. We just got a, a new van because my car just went kaput and we needed a new van. So it's like, all right, let's just do it. But imagine needing a new van and saying, you know, the prices are too high. How about we just get an SUV? Well, the, the problem with the SUV we already have is that there's not enough space. That's the, the reason why the next car we wanted to get was a van. You know, with the folding seats and all that stuff that go into the floor so we can actually store stuff when we go on vacation. Saying that it's less money, therefore we should do it, doesn't make any sense. Why? Why are we spending the money? It's not what we need. We already have that. That doesn't... That doesn't do anything for us. It's better to just not spend the money than to spend money that we then lose on something we don't want and can't use. It doesn't fix our problem. Do you understand? It doesn't fix the problem. If we go out and get a six-sack guy like Preston Smith, what did we solve? Nothing. We can get another fourth-round outside linebacker that can get five sacks. Do not spend cap money on that 
garbage. Again, I'd rather just hold on to it. Why are you cutting checks for that? Bring back guys we already have and try to develop them if that's what you want to do, but don't spend cap space on that. I'd rather go all in and overpay for Earl Thomas. I'd rather overpay him $4 million than spend $4 million on somebody that's not going to do anything for us. Anyways, I gots to go. You folks have yourselves a fantastic, what is today, Wednesday? Enjoy your Wednesday. Hopefully we're going to start getting warmer weather pretty soon. Sorry for those of you that don't live where I live for all the weather reports, but it's pretty brutal, and I'm just beyond over it. But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.